Welcome to the Art of Getting Your Shit Together podcast, where each week we help you identify the bullshit that's holding you back and discover the courage to take action to create a life you love and enjoy. Welcome back. Hi. Hello, everyone. How are you? Happy Tuesday. Yes. We're going to talk about boobies today. (laughs) We love boobs. We love boobs. Boobs are great. They're very unique. Mm -hmm. I mean, I appreciate good boobs. Even on other people. I'm like, yeah, those are nice boobs. True. Yeah. No? I do. I, yeah, I, I do too. I just I – It's a less than body. it was before. But w- what we really want to talk about is like breast implants because you and I both have fake boobs. Yeah, your breast health. Yes. And how implants could affect your health. And this isn't to scare anybody. This isn't to say that breast implants are wrong. We both have implants. And I know there's been podcasts done about this podcast that we've heard, and it kind of sent everyone like, oh, my God, I'm so scared. Like, what if I have this? And what if I have that? And what if this is me? And this is just more of an awareness episode and an opportunity to share Jenna's personal journey in having implants and her decisions going forward because she's experienced some unique symptoms in her life and She's going to share all of it. I'm going to tell you all about, we're going to get personal with my everything today. You're going to learn about my boobs. Your period. Before my period. Yeah. All the things. things. So this is a very feminine, raw episode. And if you have kiddos and you're listening in the car and you don't want to explain this to them later, just like put on some headphones (laughs) or your husband, for God's sake, just bear him. to it later. (laughs) And if you do have breast implants and you haven't heard anything about breast implant illness or, you know, side effects of having breast implants, like Lindsay said, not trying to freak anyone out. It's just like a learn Do research when you want to, or if you've had any of the symptoms that we're going to talk to you about, and then make your own informed decisions with your doctor. Yeah. Always do your due diligence. This is not a medical diagnosis or advice. Exactly. At all. So with that. In any shape or form. (laughs) I mean, because we do give a lot of advice on our podcast. This is not that. So with that, I just wanted to talk I was like, oh, we were trying to figure out what to talk about on the podcast. I'm like, well, I've been looking at a lot of boobs lately, like a lot. And I was like, why don't we talk about boobs? This would be a great thing. I know we shared our first episode since being back since 2020, what's been going on in our lives. And I figured, why not continue that trend today? And I wanted to talk about it because we have a lot of pressure in society as women to look a certain way. And I mean, I don't want to sit here and get on like a rant about who to blame for that, you know, the patriarchy or whatever the fuck it is, society in general. But at one point, how old was I when I got my breast implants? I think we were about the same age, you and I. I think you got yours before me. Yes, I was. It was January 2013 when I got mine and I was 29. I was 27. No, I was 28. Yeah, I was 27. I got mine June 12th. 2012. 2012. Yeah. Steve Hedger's about like six months longer than me. And you had a pretty invasive surgery for yours. Yes, because I had lost a lot of weight. I was down like 70 pounds. And my boobs were the quintessential. <laughs> Please tell everybody how you describe this. This is the best. Did I say a tennis ball or a golf ball? You said ball? a golf ball. It was. It was like a golf ball in a tube sock. So it was they were really sad. And I have a protruding, my sternum sticks out pretty far. And so if you were to look at me on the side without a bra on, my sternum would actually stick out further than my breasts would. And they hung down and my nipples pointed down. They looked at the floor. And my mom was always, she would always say, your boobs look fine. Your boobs look fine. I'm like, mom, I wear a really good bra. Yeah. And then when she went with me to the appointment and they, I took off my bra and she finally saw what they look like for the first time. She's like, this is a good idea. <laughs> this is going to be great. I'm like, I know this is going to be awesome. This is going to be so good. So you had a lift. So I had, yeah, I had 375 and 400 cc's put into my breasts. They're silicone, the gummy bear silicone, which means like they break, they kind of stay together. So I had that implanted and then I had a lift. So lifted those girls up 
They made my areola smaller. I got to pick what size yeah, nipple I wanted. Areolas, by the way, they're so good. Yeah, even after having a child, they still they got a little bit bigger. But I just I thought picking out my nipple size was the best thing in life. I'm yeah, like, this is what technology and the medical system has brought to me. I'm in. Yeah, 100%. And I remember, gosh, we were in our – it was the first time we'd ever had a sleepover together in a hotel. And we're laying there and talking and your boot – like you had like a nip slip. (laughs) Because we're like – in. she's in the bed across from me, right? And we're like talking all night. And um, I'm like, hey, so your boob's out. (laughs) (laughs) Then also I'm like, by the way, I thought your nipples would be way bigger. (laughs) Like they're actually really great. Like you have great, and she's. You're like, I know, I know, they really are. (laughs) I've always loved my boobs. (laughs) Yeah, you have great boobs, and I have great boobs now. But my decision back then to get boobs was just because I was super self conscious about. I was like the queen, the captain of the itty bitty titty committee, and I got teased, and people would tell me I had mosquito bites and all the things. It was just. I was very self-conscious about it. And I thought that – and also, by the way, backing up, I thought that having – you would go to try clothes on, right? And it was almost like shirts and tops were built for women who had at least some semblance of a chest. And I did not. I'm like, this would fit so much better or lay so much nicer if I had boobs. And mm-hmm. it would – like I'd fit – swimsuits would look better, all the things. And so I thought <sighs> – I thought that getting breast implants were going to solve a whole litany of my problems. I thought I was going to have better self-esteem. I thought my sex life would be better. I thought I would just have more confidence in like a swimsuit and clothing would fit better and all of those things that come with, you know, plastic surgery. And I know they tell you comes with plastic surgery. Totally. And and I know, and that's not to like it. I know that there's probably people out there like you who had the surgery and you're really happy and you still are like not experiencing any issues. And that's great. By the way, if that's you, awesome. But for me, it did not help any of those things. If anything, I'm pretty conservative when it comes to how I dress. I'm not, I don't want any attention I'm not the center of attention. I'm the person who wants to basically like fade in. You know that Homer Simpson gif where he like gets sucked into the bush? That's me. <laughs> yeah, you never I, have cleavage. I never don't think and nothing low cut ever. 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 And some people are like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that you had fake boobs because you literally never have them out. Like the girls never come out to play. Even when you work out, you always have high cut. High cut. T- I would never know what your boobs look like if we have never gone swimming. Right. Right. And so a lot of people are actually surprised. And I thought, by the way, that I would actually wear clothing that showed them off more. And I think at the beginning I did. And then I realized something else that had never happened to me before I had breast implants was I never had anyone look at my boobs. Like nobody ever looked at my boobs. They looked at my face, especially men. When they talked to me, they looked me in the eyes. And then it's a whole different ballgame when people are looking at your chest. And I'm like, okay, this is uncomfortable. I don't like this. I don't like this kind of attention. And I know when I walk, like just last night, we went to food trucks, for example. And there was this woman who had this beautiful, cute figure and she had big old fake boobs and I couldn't stop looking at them. And it wasn't because I'm like a, like a pervert or anything, but I'm like, oh my God, her boobs are so good. You know? And I was like, this is the type of, I know that's happening to me when my boobs are out. Mm-hmm. And it just made me so uncomfortable to know that people would be looking at me or in a – not that I looked at that woman like that in, in a way that's like sexualized, but I didn't want to be over-sexualized. And that th- – I wanted to and then when I had it, I didn't. So it was just this very perplexing situation to be in. I was like, this is very different than what I thought I was going to feel like. And so mine, I have – Before I had breast implants, I was a 30 – well, I thought what I thought was a 34A. I was probably like a 32A or a 32B, but I didn't fill the top of my bra. So it's called upper pole fullness. So it's like the breast that comes popping out of your bra basically. Didn't have that. So I had like these little teardrop boobies with nothing on top. And I got – 425 and 450 cc. So, Lindsay, how, what were yours? 
375 and 450. Yeah. So I went from a 32A to a 32 double D. Yeah. I'm a 36 triple D. Oh, Jesus. But you don't look it. So by the way, I don't know what's happening to bra sizes. I think they're, it's like pants, right? I'm like, well, I thought I was, you know, a size four or a six. And now, you know, it just, it's like, I don't know. Things are not, that's weird. You do not look like a triple D. No, well, if I have a real like triple D bra on, they look massive, like in a form fitting <laughs> shirt. I still wear sports, sports bras. bras a lot. And I still, this is really sad to say, I still have some of my nursing bras on. I don't that think I wear. that's sad. Well, I've they're heard like they're, four years old. Well, listen, the bra I'm wearing now, the sports bra, it's probably older than four <laughs> years old. And the reason I wear it is because it's blown out. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm wearing my one of my nursing bras now. And it's supportive enough to where it holds my boob up, but it doesn't bring Smash them out. Like they look push pretty flat because when my boobs, if I'm not wearing the right shirt and I have a big busty bra on where it's like all the fullness and voluptuous whatever, I feel like I look bigger than I am. Mm-hmm. Like it pushes my shirt out and I don't like, I would rather have my boobs look a little smaller. Hugged into your Yeah, hugged into my body. So I'm like, "Mm." well, and that's a good point because I also, I'm a petite person. I'm 112 pounds. And when I got my breast implants, I was 99 pounds. So I was very tiny. I'm five foot one. I've always been a smaller human. And I feel like if I don't suck them in or smash them down or wear a sports bra, I feel very matronly. It almost makes me feel boxy and like I look heavier than I really am. And that's uncomfortable because I'm like, no, this was supposed to make me look more, you know, feminine and curvy and maybe make my waist look tinier. Not that I needed that or that was the goal. But it was surprising to me that I'm like, oh, now I have, you know, boobs that make me look unless I'm like what you now just if you wear an extra small or small, you might have to buy a medium to fit because your boobs. Fit over your boobs. Yeah. And so then you have like the Yeah, exactly. And I'm just like, this looks this is not no, I don't I don't like how that looks. But this bra that I have on now is like blown I call it blown out because it's like the elastic is barely <laughs> I mean it's wrinkly. You know when your elastic gets wrinkly, <laughs> you know that sucker is probably ready to retire. However, when I just am wearing around the house, it's I don't like going braless. I don't like that feeling. By the way, also since having breast implants, my nipples are on all the time. They're, she always has THO. I do. And it's constant and they're they're fierce. They are. It's like I'm looking at you from there. And it's like, okay, calm down, girl. So I gotta if I don't wear a bra, I have to put pasties over them so that they just chill out. But they're just very pointy and awkward. And anyway, so I have to wear a bra. I told you we were gonna get really personal and you were gonna hear a lot about my situation. I have to wear a bra, and this bra is so comfortable because it just basically keeps them covered mm-hmm. and my nipples smooth and then I I, I get it yeah and also it's not like I don't know so anyway yes that's that's enough about that but so 32 double d and then some of the things about the way my boobs feel after having implants so first of all mine are under the muscle I think yours are too right mm-hmm. so Working out suddenly became weird in certain – like doing chest presses or push-ups is fucking weird. It's like it pushes your implant down and toward your armpits, and it feels very odd. I can't pump a soap dispenser without my boob jumping. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Like if you are wearing a swimsuit or something and you do anything that involves your chest muscles, they like – very strange, which is, I think, why a lot of women bodybuilders get them over the muscle because you don't get that weird striation of your muscle mm-hmm. pushing them out. And it's a very bizarre look. Like if I stand in the mirror without a shirt on and I flex, it's goofy. not pretty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just very strange. But my nipples are very sensitive now ever since having surgery. Like, And especially mid-cycle with my period, I don't even breathe on them. Don't touch them. Don't look at them no water running on, on them in the shower. And that's been like that for eight years now. So that's the time of the month for me where my libido is at least existent, kind of, like, mm-hmm. a, like a millimeter. And I'm like, you can't even touch my boobs because they hurt so bad. So there's that. So anyway, when you get breast implants, they tell you these are not lifetime devices. 
these will have to be replaced at some point. And I know they have, there have been friends of mine who have said, they, I was never told that. So there's a, here's a few things at play here. There's a lot of things that I was never told when I got my implants. And I'm not blaming my doctor. I actually think my surgeon is brilliant. He did a great job. He's a good man. I just think that there are certain things that they just didn't tell people. And maybe they didn't know, but I think, so I found the FDA sheet on my specific breast implants and it had been written in 2009 and I got mine in 2013. So I think they, they did know, but anyway, so there's a lot of things they don't tell you. For example, I didn't know because they told me, did they tell you? Mm -hmm. I never got told that. I mean, I heard certain things. I, I still, I went through my paperwork and there were certain things like, oh, if you are autoimmune prone, this can flare up autoimmune. It can cause certain things. It did say breast cancer is rare for people. Like it's not a causation of breast cancer. And that was the only mention of cancer in my paperwork about that. So there was that. But I have heard that some people don't get told that they have to have them redone. And the FDA says 10 years. And when you get them done, when you're 28 years old, you're like, oh, yeah, well, that's forever away. And here we are. Here we are like eight years later. And I don't know. I think there's something about growing older and then you kind of realize more and more your mortality. And I'm like, I don't really want to be put under anesthesia every 10 years. I really don't want my body to have to go through the trauma of healing from a surgery every 10 years. If you don't have to, yeah. Exactly. So all things. At the end of the day, my decision to get them removed, which is basically where we're going, I'm having them taken out in December. And that was the main factor. I'm like, I do not want to have a reconstructive surgery. I just don't. And I, the more I learn about what's in my breast implants and how they're made and all the things, it just makes me not want them in my body. And I certainly don't want to go more than 10 years with them in my body because these things break down over time. It's just like anything else. You have to maintain this, right? And so I learned that this is me being very naive when I got them done. But I also have the silicone gummy bear implants. Mine are actually called memory gel. Like your mattress. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Very comfortable to lay on, like pillows. <laughs> so memory gel. And, and they are not. That's another thing with breast implants. It's You have to learn how to reposition yourself to sleep, by the way. Yes. I actually have to cram a pillow between my boobs because my top boob is so heavy and I'm a side sleeper. And I don't like the feeling of it hanging down. I don't know. It's just very strange. I'm not that. I can only just sleep on. There's one side where I can like sleep in the weird position I like to sleep in, but not the other side because the pocket is different. And then my, it hurts. Oh yeah. And I remember you telling me that. Yeah. So I just, memory gel is what they're called. So cohesive gel, which means like if you were to cut it in half, it would stay like the inside of a gummy bear, literally. It wouldn't ooze out and... No, it's not liquid like saline breast implants are a silicone shell and then they put them in empty and then they pump you up with saline and then they put the seal on and then you've got boobs. So if you were to have a rupture with saline implants, your boob would go flat. It's called a silent rupture with silicone implants because you have no idea if anything were to happen. It's not going to ooze, hopefully, into your body. It will stay right where it should. And that was part of the reason why they didn't have silicone implants on the market for a really long time because they were dangerous. Mm -hmm. And I think when I got them, they're like, oh, yeah, they're back and they're better than ever. And and then I got handed like a bag of water. saline and then the silicone one. And the way I described it to Jake was, it's like a Chevy Cavalier versus the Cadillac. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I don't want the Cavalier. I want the Cadillac. So what I thought they were was just silicone. I don't know chemistry. I'm not in, I have no fucking idea. Anyway, it's not. There's all kinds of other chemicals that make up the inside of a silicone implant, which include heavy metals and formaldehyde and plastic all kinds of things that are basically carcinogenic hormone disruptors and all of this shit. And then we like put it inside of another silicone capsule and then we stick it inside of our body and sew it up and leave it there. And I'm like, what the fuck? For 10 years or longer. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't – anyway, so after reading the ingredients and reading also some of the – by the way, I'd already decided I'm explanting 
And then I was reading up on them. I'm like, well, I already made the decision. I committed. This is happening. I'm not on the fence anymore. Because before I was like, absolutely no fucking way. I'm not getting them out. I don't really like them. But I also can't imagine how my body is going to look after having big old bags under my skin. And then how they look after they're out. That's got to be terrifying. And yeah, I think we all picture like a deflated balloon. Yeah. And saggy and weird, crepey, wrinkly skin. And no, no, thank you. I would rather suffer with the big boobs. So I was reading about like instances of cancer with my specific implant. Now, if you go to Google and type in, if you have information and you have breast implants, you still have the paperwork from your doctor. You should have the the brand. So mine are men, no, mentor. And then it should tell you the type and the model number. And then you type that into Google and your FDA sheet will come on and it's like 25 pages. And some of the information I found was like, certain correlations. And this wasn't just for my implants. It was for just breast implants in general. And there was some correlation with higher rates of certain types of cancer, not necessarily breast cancer, but brain cancer, lung cancer. I was like, oh my God, this is terrifying. Granted, it's like, is it a direct link and correlation? No, but the women who had breast implants had a higher instance of certain cancers. And then just all kinds of other things. So I have dealt with hormone imbalance for 10 years. And I had pre I had hormone imbalance before I had breast implants. And it was what I think is happening is being exacerbated by the fact that I have breast implants. I was on birth control since I was, I don't know, 16. And I got off at age 26. So it was like a, I don't know, 10 years of synthetic hormones. So that'll mess you up. Mm-hmm. And then I went and put breast implants in and then it just has progressively gotten worse and worse, even though I'm doing things and more cognizant of my health now. I eat better. I exercise more. I don't put toxic chemicals on my body or in my body. Just all those that were, you would think, okay, these things that I'm doing, I'm on actually bioidentical hormone replacement. Nothing is helping. Yeah. You take all the good supplements You're very conscious, conscious about what you're even surrounding yourself with, even your environment. Yeah. And exactly. I don't clean with chemicals. I'm just very conscientious of trying to grind it. And then, but then I turn around and I'm like, I eat Chick-fil-A every like three times a week. So, I mean, I'm not that, I'm not a perfect like person in my, you know, I still eat sweets every day and I still go eat fast food at least, you know, a few times a month. And so anyway- But I'm better than the average bear when it comes to how I treat my body. And so one would think that by doing that, you would probably have improvement. And mine just gets worse and worse. And the symptom, the main thing, two things that have bothered me that have progressively gotten worse since having breast implants have been hair loss, mass hair loss. We're talking like I have half the amount of hair or maybe even like two-thirds less hair than I used to have. And I've never had thick hair. I've always had baby fine hair, but I had more of it. And then my periods are lasting anywhere at the height of the worst part of it, fifteen like 15 days. I would be bleeding or spotting. Which and it's not like a horrendous. flat out like heavy bleeding, but it's like spotting, which is annoying because it's like, what are we doing today? Are we spotting or are we getting a period? Or are we not getting a period? Do I need a panty liner today? Do I not? And you know how annoying that is to have to wear a panty liner every fucking day. By that end of your period, your vagina's raw. Because <laughs> it it it's just it's annoying. And well, yeah, it's gross and ugh. It's just a pain. It's just another thing that you have to worry about amongst all the other things. Yeah. When so, when that's not normal, and mm-hmm. you know it's not normal, and you're you, you're suffering through it. Exactly. And so, and now it's probably 10 to 12 where I'll spot for, you know, six or seven days and then I'll have a period for five days and it's very annoying. And then the hair loss. Those are the two biggies for me. The other thing that's progressively gotten worse is alcohol intolerance. And that I think I have some other genetic things going on where I just don't metabolize histamine very well, which I think is a 90% of it. Brain fog, fatigue, not sleeping the best. I'm obsessed with sleep, but I still don't sleep as good as I want to sleep, which I'm sure, listen, 
could this be attributed to the fact that I'm a workaholic and I sit in a computer all day and, you know, all those things? Like, yeah, of course. So I'm not saying also, I'm not standing here today saying this stuff, my breast implants are causing all these weird symptoms. In fact, when I went to my first explant consultation, I told the doctor, listen, these are the things that I'm experiencing. I have no expectation that by explanting, my symptoms are going to miraculously improve, go away, or even remotely get better. And that's just me, my way of managing. I'm not like putting that out into the universe, but I'm just trying to manage my own expectations because the decision was made because I do not want to have additional surgeries. That's the main call for me. And having toxic chemicals in and it's in you all the time. It's in you all the time. Exactly. And so your body creates what's called a capsule around your implant, which is scar tissue. But when they go in to do an explant, you and if any girls out there are considering, oh, well, maybe I should look into this, you want to have a total capsulectomy, which means that they take the implant out with the capsule because the capsule is what's been protecting your body from the chemicals. And think about how much chemical has been absorbed into that capsule to protect you from the chemicals. The women who get their breast implants removed with a capsule, have significant improvements in their symptoms. And the ones that don't and leave the capsules in don't. So you want to make sure you find a really skilled surgeon because it's a tricky thing to get the capsule out. N-block, E-N-B-L-O-C. That's when they can take the implant out with the capsule all in one piece. That isn't always the way that it works. Sometimes your capsule is stuck to your rib cage, which is very dangerous. So they have to remove the implant and then try to get the rest of as much of the capsule out as possible. It's so satisfying to watch the capsule come out with the implant surgeries that I've seen. So on Instagram, yeah, I've been watching tons of these where they he'll be like, okay, so we just had a surgery, this here, a total capsulectomy in block and They take their scissors and they cut into it. And sometimes these silicone implants are completely ruptured. And what that looks like is terrifying. It's like sticky. It's not. So I just thought, oh, it's just going to stay. No, it's like it's cohesive. It stays in where it's supposed to, but it's like sticky. It's like slime. Slime. Yeah, it's gross. And then if it's a saline rupture, obviously, it's just a flat capsule. Like they basically, it looks like a Ziploc baggie all scrunched up inside of it. But I'm going to read you off an exhaustive list of breast implant illness symptoms. And it's funny because people who don't even have breast implants have some of these symptoms. So you have to take it with a grain of salt. Just because they are a symptom does not necessarily. And if you have those symptoms, it doesn't necessarily mean that your breast implants are causing the problem. Mm -hmm. But it's crazy that some of these women who get their implants out, they experience extreme relief of these symptoms. So what came first? For example, my hormone imbalance, that was there already. Is it being exacerbated by the fact that my body has these foreign objects in and my immune system is on high alert? By the way, I learned something new the other day. What? With everybody getting their vaccines, Mm -hmm. it's causing disruption in women's periods. Did you hear about this? No. So of course – they don't study this shit during the trials. Because why would we t- ask a woman about her period? Like, come on. It's only 50% of the population. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? So they don't study menstruation in tandem with these clinical trials for the vaccine. So women are getting like their periods early. They're experiencing heavier periods and all the things. And I think it was the New York Times. It was somebody who did a really nice in-depth article about why could this be? And your cells that line your endometrium or your uterus are actually immune cells. It's Mm. directly tied to your immune system. Your reproductive health is directly tied to your immune health. So the fact that, you know, I am having exacerbated issues with hormone imbalance, reproductive hormones, and adrenal health is it makes good sense to me. I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Your immune system plays a big role and your reproductive health. Also, stress is a huge thing. And I've been under a lot of stress. So again, chicken or egg, who knows? So it just but seems that's, like- that's fascinating to know because- It is. If you are having heavier periods or lack of a period, there could be an underlying cause that is directly related to your immune response, not just Yeah, auto- autoimmunity is a big deal. And like I said, there is paperwork- 
within my packet that I got from my doctor that has said like, yeah, this can cause an exacerbation of autoimmunity or autoimmune disorders. I have a family history of autoimmunity. I have two people on my mom's side that have lupus. My dad has rheumatoid arthritis and I just am like, you know, I didn't really realize back then. Also, I didn't really know that. I mean, I knew my dad had RA, but nobody else in my family had had any kind of autoimmunity. So we kind of thought maybe he was just like a like a mm-hmm. one-off anomaly or something. Anyway, so that's that's all been taken into consideration for me wanting to explant. And I wanted to tell the listeners because, again, you know, we all deal with our crap on a daily basis. And this is something that I have gone, bounced around in my head, scared the shit out of me. I didn't understand. I'm like, why the hell would they allow people to put this stuff in their bodies if it is causing issues? And the same way that cigarettes were legal and they still legal, but same reason you get cigarettes, you get alcohol, they're all destructive to your body. Yeah. Yeah. And that's true. It just seemed anyway. Also, I'll, I'll touch on this really quick. There has been a recall of a specific type of breast implant. And when I say recall, it's not recalled from bodies. It's recalled from the shelves. So if you have them in your body, I don't even know if they told people, by the way. I never heard of it until you told me. And that's crazy because this has been a thing since – remember when we had Kelsey Smith on the podcast? She's the uh, cancer survivor, mm-hmm. breast cancer. I believe those are the type of implants that she had, which is crazy. So they're recalling them because they're causing this rare form of – breast implant associated lymphoma. It's a cancer directly associated to the implant itself. And it's a textured implant. I think they're allergen, 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 something. I'll look it up. Textured implants. So if you have textured implants, check out when yours were, there are certain dates. The manufacturer date. I'll look it up real quick. Yeah. Anyway, a lot of women, sadly, who have had breast cancer have had these types of implants put in and they're textured so that they stay in place better. So I don't know if it helps when you have very little breast tissue when having reconstruction or what. I don't know. I'm, I'm not even going to pretend to know. But so that's a thing. And I think that recall is what sparked a lot of people to really think about their breast implants. And that happened, I think, about two years ago, I want to say, or at least a year and a half ago. That's wild because I never... Mel Robbins. I never heard of it. And yeah, this was a communication back in July of 2019. It says, Allergan recalls natural biocell textured breast implants due to risk of BIAALCL cancer. We'll attach this link into the show notes. But basically, the manufacturer dates are from July 25th, 2014 through June 21st, 2019. Distribution dates, September 14th, 2014 to July 24th, 2019. So right up until they recalled it, they were still distributing these implants. So yeah, we'll make sure that everyone gets this information. Yeah. And Mel Robbins, I think most of our listeners know who Mel Robbins is, personal development love her so much. She actually did a video on her Instagram feed. So if you go through her feed, she got a letter. I don't know if it was from her surgeon. I don't know if it's from the manufacturer that said, I just learned my breast implants were recalled. I've had them for four years, five years, and I've had some weird symptoms. I'm actually just going to get them removed. I'm not getting, you know, and then she was very open about her experience. She had had numbness in her arm ever since having implants and some other weird symptoms. She got hers out and Now they're saying that breast implants, and I don't know if it was because of the pandemic. We can't really say less people are getting implants in 2020 as in 2019 because less people just had surgery in general in 2020 for obvious reasons. Yeah. But they're saying now that people going in to actually want breast implants are a lot less than what they used to be. Yep. And explants are extremely, are on the rise. They're Mm -hmm. extremely popular right now for obvious reasons. But I want to go through and read. This is a long list of symptoms. And I'm, I just want to read. These are symptoms consistently reported by women who have, they get their implants removed and have some resolution of these symptoms. And again, this could be things that you have already being exacerbated because your immune system now has too much on its plate. And you're going to laugh because it's like, oh, okay, well, I, I have like all of these. <laughs> Even if you don't have every woman has these. Yes. Honestly, because it's like as a society, we're just very dysfunctional. And so duh, we're gonna have 
some form of probably all of these things. So fatigue, (laughs) uh, brain fog and memory loss, muscle pain and weakness, joint pain of your neck, shoulder, back, hip, knees, or hands and feet, hair loss and dry hair, premature aging of the skin, skin itching, various rashes, inflammation, weight problems, insomnia and poor sleep, dry eyes, even a decline in vision, hypothyroid, adrenal fatigue, parathyroid problems, diminishing hormones, early menopause, low libido, slow healing, easy bruising, slow recovery after exercising, vertigo, headaches, migraines, ocular migraines, throat clearing, cough, difficulty swallowing and choking, reflux, uh, nausea, leaky gut, SIBO, irritable bowel syndrome, fevers, night sweats, heat intolerance, persistent viral and bacterial infections, UTIs, yeast infections, ear ringing, metallic taste, sudden food intolerances and allergies, heart palpitations, changes in your heart or heart pain, blood pressure issues, swollen and tender lymph nodes of breast and underarm, bouts of dehydration for no reason, frequent urination, numbness and tingling in your limbs, cold and discolored hands and feet, chest discomfort, shortness of breath, pain and burning sensation around the implant, liver problems, kidney problems, gallbladder problems, pancreatitis, depression, anxiety, panic attacks. (laughs) I'm almost done. Feeling like you're dying. How is that even a symptom? (laughs) Feeling like you're dying. How are you doing today? Well, I feel like I'm dying, but, you know. Like a um, constant panic attack. Ugh. Be terrible. Symptoms or diagnosis of fibromyalgia, symptoms or diagnosis of Lyme, symptoms or diagnosis of EBV, which is Epstein-Barr, which is the virus that causes mono, symptoms or diagnosis of autoimmune diseases such as, oh gosh, I don't know how to say that, Raynaud's, Raynaud's syndrome, Hashimoto's, Addison's disease, Graves, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, the list goes on, POTS, diagnosis or symptoms of BIAALCL, breast implant-associated B-cell lymphoma, that's what that means. Jesus. Or breast implant-associated squamous cell carcinoma, and then symptoms of other cancers, which are breast cancer, melanoma, myeloma, respiratory cancer, brain cancer, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, there are a lot of things. And as I was reading through there, I was like, oh, yeah, that's something I've experienced. So the, listen, I don't know, premature aging of my skin. I also didn't ever wear sunscreen as a kid, but I'm like, I feel Your like skin someday, looks amazing. I feel like some days I wake up. Did I send you that thing on, on Instagram? I was like, have you ever woken up and looked in the mirror and been like, this can't be accurate. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like how I feel. So One symptom that you have a lot is sternum pain. Your sternum hurts. Oh, thank you for bringing that up. Holy shit. And that- I was, I thought when, when you first brought it up, I was like, God, you must have like pulled something. And the way you described it and how frequent it is alarmed me. And I even brought it – I remember bringing it up. I'm like, do you think it's your boobs? Yeah. And I had had several people tell me it was because – directly because of my breast implants. So I would have this pain and it was like really hard to explain how it felt. I woke up one morning and all of a sudden it was almost like I was – my shoulders were hunched over. Like I was hunched over and I I like stretched with my arms out like this and my sternum went – and it popped and I had like all this relief, kind of like when you crack your back or something and you're like, oh my God, that felt so much better. But it was almost like something was stuck. And then it would happen often where I was sitting on – and granted, I don't have the best posture either. So I'm like slouched over on the couch looking at my phone or reading my iPad or book and then I would sit up and it would pop. And then soon it would radiate burning pain through my breasts and – Like your diaphragm? My, my muscles. No, it was more – on top. Okay. So it was like not below my breast, but like on top of my boob where it would radiate pain throughout like the nerves into my shoulders and it burned. And then it would be like if you were to do tricep dips or that – you don't realize how much you use your chest muscles. Mm-hmm. That would burn. And it was like – it got to the point where I was so uncomfortable. I was seeing a chiropractor. I went to a myopractor and then – the only way it would get – and then when I would sneeze, I would like make myself sneeze because that jarring feeling of your rib cage is like contracting would cause it to pop. And even still when I – it doesn't hurt anymore, but when I sneeze, I my sternum pops. And that was bizarre. But my neighbor who's a nurse, she's like, that's scar tissue. And I didn't know that, but she's oh. like, that's what it is. So it's scar tissue. I'm like, 
like from my implants? She's like, yeah, it's from your breast implants. It's scar tissue. That's exactly how it sounds. I'm like, oh my God, that's fucking but it started to go away after taking CBD oil consistently. So mm-hmm. that inflammation was – it relieved the inflammation around the area that was causing the pain. It hasn't fixed the problem, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. In December, I have started to have pain go across the top of my left boob. And I don't know. It's very weird. It's like an achy, dull pain, not like a sharp shooting pain or a burning pain. It just kind of was annoying and it felt like I had to like – kind of like when your muscles are sore. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, oh, I must have just pulled something. And then it would just phantomly come in and out. I'll have m- – remember when we went camping, the one time we went camping together, I took a nap in the camper and I woke up and the whole side of my pinky, my pinky into my hand wasn't numb. It hurt. Like I had, oh, I like it I had bent it the wrong way or I'd slept on it funny. I'm like, oh, I must have slept on this weird. I'm like, oh, it'll get better. It was like two months later, it still felt the exact same way. And I still will get random pain in my hands. I get random pains in my hands a lot. And I'm like, that's weird. And I try to find where it is, but I can't pinpoint where the pain is. I'm like, it's mm-hmm. not a joint pain. It doesn't help when I – it's not muscle pain because it doesn't help when I massage it. It doesn't hurt when I squeeze or move my joints. It's just achy. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it. And so just some weird things that when I, when I think about it that I've attributed to, oh, it must be because I'm getting older. Maybe it is. But I also think it could be my breast implants. And a good reason to get rid of them, too, is if you just don't like them anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's like 50% don't want another surgery, 25% don't like them, and then 25% they're toxic. And then the cherry on top for me will be if any of these symptoms improve. Absolutely. And I wanted to talk about it on the podcast because I just want to not scare people not make you think that there's something wrong with you or now you got to race to get your boobs checked or anything like that. Have the awareness and the education that many of us didn't have when we got our implants that maybe this could cause certain problems Mm -hmm. for us. And then on top of that, like do your own research and diligence, but also like just make your own informed decisions. Yeah. I know two people personally who have gotten them out and it's been a game changer for them. One's my sister-in-law. She just had a lot of pain, sternum pain, like what you're explaining. I remember. And, just, and I remember when you told me she got them out. I'm like, that's so fucking – why would you do that? Yeah. And I was like, man, she had a really – had been suffering if it took that much for her to get them out. And she is very thin, very petite. petite. She's very tall, but she is – She's kind of lanky. She is lanky, very just kind of bone thin. She's yeah. just a very tiny woman. And her and I never had any one-on-one conversations about it. She's pretty private. We just never talked about it. But finally, she was saying like how much better, how she was sleeping better and how, you know, she wanted them because she was flat and she just wanted a little extra something similar to you. And she's like, it, it, (gasps) oh, the dog's here. Hang on. (laughs) Finley sees me. Come here. So she just said it changed her life. And then I had a girlfriend who got them. Later in life, I don't know if she was 40 yet or not, but she got him a little later in life, just something that she wanted to do. She's always been very healthy, very fit, very active. And all of a sudden she was like, I'm exhausted. I don't feel the same. I'm having brain fog. I am not myself anymore. And she got them out. And just a side note, if you have just gotten implants in and you're worried about, well, I just spent all this money getting them done and this and that. And you maybe feel guilty for going back on your decision, whatever the case may be, know that your health is more important than anything. Than anything. It is absolutely 100% worth to do your research, do your due diligence and understand just to see if this is a good fit for you and explore your options. Jenna's having consults by three different surgeons. And I struggled with that. If I'm being honest, I'm like, God, I spent... I mean, $5,500 getting them put in. And I'm like, there were all kinds of things that went through my brain. I'm like, okay, how am I going to look? Because I didn't like the way I looked before I had boobs. And I've, I feel like, you know, over the course of almost a decade, I've done a lot of work on myself. I accept myself a little bit more. And I want to talk a little bit about that too. I appreciate my body more than I ever have in the past. And that comes with, you know, having an active fit life and, you know, just, Coming into your you own just, a little yeah, bit. You, you, you just start to be more comfortable within your own skin. And things that I wish that we would have had or I would have had in my 20s. 
I feel like, you know, you had a different, totally different reason for your breast surgery than I did. But I mean, it's also about like being confident, feeling good naked. You know, I'm like, I want to be sexy. I want to have. That was my thing. And that's like, and and listen, if you, if you have breast implants or you have big boobs or you feel sexier with them, good, like good for you. I'm so glad that it worked for you. Like that is all I could ever want for somebody. I do not want anyone to think that I judge you or think negatively or think that you need to get them out or any of that. Like I'm not getting mine out. Yeah. I was like, there are plenty of people that are going to keep them because they, prefer to have. And that's fine. It's great. I'm all for that. But I just feel like there there were a lot of things that freaked me out about getting them out. And that was one of the reasons why I just never entertained the idea. I did not want weird looking boobs. Well, everyone's a little fearful of the unknown, regardless of what the unknown is attached to, whether it's a physical outcome, a medical outcome, you know, complications. And you know, with implants, it's timely too for you because you're almost at that 10 year mark. Could you have gone in and said, they could have said, yeah, you can keep them in longer. They look good. Everything's healthy, yada, yada, yada. However, realistically, you know, once you opt in for breast implants, you have to understand that you may have to get them out or replaced. Yeah. And when does it end? For me, I'm like, when yeah, does that? When, it, when does it end? Yeah. So- I was coming up on a surgery regardless because I'm not the type of person who's like, oh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's not necessarily what I wanted. (laughs) But my surgeon told me that. He's like, they say 10 years. I don't always recommend it at 10 years. But I'm like, you know, having this one appliance in my body for 10 years, maybe they're fine. Maybe they haven't changed at all, but maybe they have. And I'm not a like sign up for risk type of person on a daily basis. So I'm kind of just going to like play it safe. Mm -hmm. So I'm coming up on the anniversary of having a surgery anyway. And I always said before I decided to get them out that I would get them smaller. They are going to be like cut in half. I do not want these big old knockers anymore. Then I was just like, you know what? After seeing a good friend of mine go through this surgery, I want to say she was like a triple F. Like she was huge. Her boobs were like she had like 750 cc's. They were huge. Woo. I mean. Heavy. I looked at her. I'm like, you are all boobs. And honestly, she looked like a bigger person than she really was now that she doesn't have any boobs anymore. She is a teeny t- – I'm like, you're so teeny. You're like a little person. All Like your boobs took up the whole room before. And I wasn't judging her. She's beautiful. She's beautiful then. She's beautiful now. But she shared her experience with me. And I'm like, Wow. It helped me to get my head around it, knowing somebody personally that had gone through it. And even when she had gone through it, I'm like, God, you're so brave. I would never do this. And then finally, I was like, I actually had Dr. Myers, who we've had on the show. She had this test that I could take. It was a blood test for silicone sensitivity or breast implant sensitivity test. And I came up a moderate to severe reaction to silicone. I'm like, well, that's not good formaldehyde and something else, like a dye, a blue dye. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, what do you think? Like, is this something that I should be concerned about? She's like, we might be able to like do IVs and you might be able to live your life in such a way that we can kind of counteract the effects of the breast implants. I was like, that's really the course I want to go. And she said, that's the course that I would actually recommend because you don't want to make a drastic choice like that and have it not help anything, you know, or, or at least not understand that there, there's a risk that it might not change anything. Mm-hmm. And finally I came around and I w- told her, I was like, I just, I'm going to get them out. She's like, are you sure? I was like, I am very sure I'm going to do this. And so I think I made the decision at the beginning of March and I had done PRP injections in my scalp for my hair loss. And that was too, I'm like, I'm, I'm sitting here spending a crap load of money to try to get my hair to grow back. Like, when, when, does, when is this? Yeah, could, that could this, be la- well, you know, with a much longer side effect of right. regaining your health. Yeah. yeah, and I would fantasize about working out without big boobs to strap down and all the things. So anyway, that's what I all that to say about most. Yeah, and the other thing too is they're making improvements in natural breast enhancement, like fat transfer, which I think even in by the time like you ever had a revision surgery, 
like that could be an option for me in the future is if I want a little bit, I could go on the seafood diet and pack on some pounds and then have it sucked out of my butt and put into my boobs. Great. Remember, we always used to say that. Can you just suck it out of here and put it in my boobs? Now you can. And they're improving that procedure all the time and learning more and more about it. So there are options. And I am in a few Facebook groups for people who have had explants and they say, you know, I had a fat transfer and I'm so happy with how I look. And I've looked at more boobs now than I did before I even had implants. And seeing some of the aftermath has helped me really feel comfortable because I'm like, wow, some of these women have- so good. They look so good. They look better. Yes. Better. Better. And so I'm like, okay, I feel good about this. I feel like this is the right decision for me. And I thought, why not share it with you guys? And you can follow my journey, even if it's something that doesn't affect you personally because you don't have breast implants or you're happy with the way you look and you're happy with – you don't have any weirdness going on. And even if you do, like you just want to put up with it, fine. Like Everyone has their decisions and you got to – make the decision that's best for you. Absolutely. And um, the other thing I want to say is I was really afraid of how my husband would, my Jake is a boob guy. He'll tell you he's not and he's lying. And I was like, so afraid that he would be disappointed that I'm getting them out. And he's like, listen, it's about your health. Like you don't have to worry about what I think. He said, I think you're going to be beautiful either way. I support you. I'm a hundred percent here for it. And if you feel better, oh, by the way, he's like, if your libido improves, (laughs) you know, because that's the other thing that's continued to decline as I've had implants. And again, hormone imbalance is probably exacerbating that. He's like, if we have more sex, then I don't even care. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I think it's like, great if you have the support of your partner. But even if you don't, like Lindsay said, your health is the most important thing. And there's no, like, you might look great. You might have big old beautiful boobs. But if you feel like shit, is it worth it? You are the only one that can determine or or answer that. Yep. So anyway, I said that this was going to be a really short episode because I was like, I don't really know how much we have to talk about boobies. But Really, here we are like an hour later still talking about it. It's great information. And thank you for sharing your journey with Anytime. the listeners. I know I've been very interested in it and asking you questions. And I was like, well, maybe should I get mine out? And Well, I remember you, know, I you just, came to me after your friend. She's like, she got him out. And she, she's like, and you're like, now I'm considering it. I'm like, are you insane? Well, well I thought you were crazy, crazy in the brain. Yeah. By the way. It's like, she's crazy. Well, because I've... I'm kind of looking at longevity, right? How can I live longer? Yeah. Especially to be around for my little human. Yeah. And I realized how much better I felt after getting out of working out of the care center, embalming all the time and being around formaldehyde every day, all day. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. I started to think about, you know, what I'm putting in my body, what's in my body as far as my implants go. You know, you and I both are pretty good about, you're much better than me about what we put on our skin, what we ingest, all those things. My diet's hit or miss. And I'm currently working on being a non-drinker. Yes, you are. So it's- You're not working on it. You are. I am a non-drinker and it's amazing. And I can't wait to share more about that at another time. But, you know, I was like, hell. And I, I have some fat to spare on my body. And I was like, man, I would love just to. Well, and you kind of have a plan to like, since you have had dramatic weight loss, you already have a plan to do a little other stuff, like a little bit of lipo, a little bit of tummy tuck going on. Yep. I found another, so my surgeon's not. MIA. He's MIA. And I think it's for his own health Health. concerns, which actually worries me because I really adore the man. Yeah. But I found another surgeon. Nice. And I'm really excited about it. So my plan is to get a tummy tuck probably – I'll probably wait till after the snowboard season. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to be – so it, probably be I like February or March probably yeah. for my – how old will I be? 37? My 37th birthday? That'll probably be my birthday present to myself. So – That's awesome. I'm pretty excited about that. And then I was – that's when we're going to evaluate my implants, see what – what the plan is. And I'm kind of thinking the seeds already been planted a little bit, but if I need to replace them, 
I don't think I'm going to want to. I would rather mm-hmm. do a fat transfer. Yeah, I would too, honestly. So, and then just I think as long as my nipples point out and not down, <laughs> I'll be really happy. Yeah, 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 exactly. A hundred percent. I agree. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I am still considering doing a fat transfer eventually. I don't know if it's if I'm eligible to since I am a pretty petite person, but I don't know. And if not, no big deal. I've kind of come to terms with the fact that I'm I'm just okay. Like when I look back at pictures, because I had Jake take a picture of me before I went into surgery. So I could have some progress pictures and I'm like, they really weren't that bad. They weren't. They were adorable. Yeah, I don't know if I would go that far, but they weren't that bad. And they were cute little boobs. Yeah, they were little. Yeah, they were. So one thing to say, because once you start researching explants and understanding the process, there is a point where your body starts to recover and your breasts will what they call fluff. Yeah, fluffing. And I love that they use that term fluff. Yeah, yeah. And and that's like a technical term. Yeah. So they'll they'll fluff out. Like they'll you will start to gain more breast tissue and fat in that area and they'll look more balanced. But to kind of know really what your breast will look like, it's really like a year later. Oh yeah. So and so there's that adjustment period. By the way, I, I know if there's anyone out there considering implants, I would urge you to reconsider or at least do really good research. And make sure that that's really the choice you want to make because just doing the surgery, you had a totally different experience because your boobs were literally pointing to the floor. And, and, I, and, I, and I haven't felt bad with them. No. and But I had to adjust on a totally different scale mentally. Like my appearance has changed. I do not look like the person I looked like before. It was an adjustment and a mental shift that I had to make. And so... I realize now again, I'm like, I have to make that mental shift and preparation again. Mm-hmm. And and when I said like, when does it end? Like, w- was I going to be, you know, 69 years old and being like, yeah, doc, let's do, you know, our fourth set of these things. Like, I think part of the reason why I decided to do it now instead of later was because I'm like, I have great, I'm, I'm still... I'm not young. You know, 36 isn't necessarily- We are young. I mean, yes, I'm young, but I'm not like, you know, I don't have like my 27-year-old skin. I, I definitely things are starting to, the elasticity of my skin is definitely starting to go. Change. And I'm like, I don't want to be, I would rather do it while I still have some good bounce back. And 100%. Like, you know, because then you really, I mean, could I get away with right now? The one surgeon that I went to said that I do not need a breast lift which I still find hard to believe, but it's great because that means it's less expensive and less invasive. And so I'm like, he's like, yeah, you have great skin. Like, okay, good. Wonderful. You do have great skin. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm nervous, more excited than nervous, but I'm more nervous about like going under that. That's just a total mind fuck to me being put under general anesthesia and the whole like, I mean, do they put like a, a tube down your throat? They have to, right? I'm sure. Yeah, you have a breathing tube. Do they cath? Do they put a catheter in? I think so. Depends on how long the surgery is. I think. Yeah. Well, they said with no lift, two hours. But anyway, just my brain asks questions that my brain didn't the first time I did all this. I'm like, so yeah. was I? Did I have a breathing tube? I don't remember my throat being sore. I don't remember either. I don't know. I think surgery is fascinating. I'm yeah. like, do it all. Put me under. Change everything. Because when I lost weight and I got. I was the total opposite of Jenna. I was like, I love that I don't look the same. Let's change everything. Yeah. And I'm I know I would get I could be if I if I had an unlimited amount of funds, I would have a problem. <laughs> but also that just goes to show that everybody's experience is different and everybody's tolerance for risk is different and not everybody is created equal. You have to like take into consideration that some people's lives are drastically improved by breast implants. And I think that's okay. Like there's nothing wrong with that. There's certainly like, especially just after breast again. cancer and they want to 100%. get implants and things. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So not about shaming you if you have them or want them or whatever. It's, it's just something to be aware of. It's all about education and awareness. Yeah. And I just wanted to share. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. I love that you wanted to share this. I thought 
it would just be a great episode just to shed some light on it and be able to share your journey because this is going to be a journey for you. And then we can recap and yeah, follow up on it. I will continue to keep you guys informed along the way. I have another consult um, in May and I have another one in June. And then after the middle of June, I'll be making my decision. And luckily, the two people that I have talked to, well, I, I talked to one in person, the actual surgeon who I had my consult with, but I had one where I just scheduled a consult and I, I can't see him until the middle of June. Cause that's how busy he is with explants. I'm like, okay, I'm just really worried about not getting the surgery date that I want. Cause I have a specific time with my business that I just need the downtime. She's like, Oh, when is that? I said, middle of December. And she said, Oh, okay, well, let me just pencil you in. It was before I had even, I've even talked to the guy. So I'm penciled in on two surgeons schedules for mid-December. I plan to pencil myself in wherever possible if it is possible. And I said, I am getting, you know, multiple opinions and, you know, interviews. Really, it's an interview. And I will let you know. So the chronicles of old hags with bags. Yes. (laughs) Old hags with bags. So good. Toxic bags. Yeah, they are toxic. There's no way around that. But then again, so is Chick-fil-A. So Eh. We live in a to- toxic world. We do. And that's what we were we said when we were texting. Like like what doesn't cause exactly cancer now? What, exactly. And that's why I said I'm I was floored at the information that I read and what I learned, but then I'm like and also fucking baby powder was causing cancer. Yeah. So let's just put that into perspective. Exactly. So if you're one that gets freaked out easily, I am so sorry because I am like a health freak. I borderline hypochondriac and I get freaked out at everything. So, But we love you. But don't get freaked out. It's all going to be okay. It's all going to be okay. Right? I think I'm saying that for me. It's going to be fine. You'll be fine. I know I'm going to be okay. (laughs) All right. Well, anyway, we've taken entirely too much of your time today. Thank you for listening to all of this if you're still here. And I will definitely keep you posted along the way. Can't wait. I will. We'll talk to you later. I will keep my breasticle journey in the forefront. (laughs) We will talk to you next time. (laughs) Ta-ta. The Art of Getting Your Shit Together is produced and edited by LD Coaching and Blush Cactus Boutique Design Studio. We would love it if you'd head over to iTunes and subscribe, leave us five stars, and write a quick review. If you enjoy this podcast, share it with your friends so that we can continue to grow our tribe. Tag us on Instagram at tagist underscore podcast with your shares, and we'll feature you on our story. Don't forget to grab our free guide, five things you can do right now to get your shit together and start living your best life over at tagus.com slash kick more ass. Remember your life only gets better when you decide to grow and it's never too late to get your shit together.